attributes of God are not what you think they are. It's Rhyme and Reason 308. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're... Hey there, Tony here. How you doing today? Hey, I told you it'd be pretty soon, didn't I? Yeah, coming right back to Rhyme and Reason 308. Only a couple of days after 307. So if you've been tuning in, you realize this was pretty quick. Not uh, not the same old, same old as it's been for me recently. But I've got some uh, important, I think, cool things to share. So I wanted to do it in my own rhyme and reason musical fashion. It's uh, basically a little bit of Bible study, Bible lesson, telling it like it is, giving you a little what for, just in case uh, you don't think this way. You might be going, what? I don't know about that. Or you might be going, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I kind of hope that's where you're going to go with it. But uh, you heard me talk about the attributes of God. You know, it's the kind of, you know, what can you attribute to him? What is he like? That kind of thing. If you do an online search for the attributes of God, you're liable to find what one pastor I know calls the omnis and the m's. You've probably heard of them, right? Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. And the m's would be immutable and impassable. Those are some impressive M, get it, pun intended there. Those are some impressive attributes, but they don't really truly represent the God of the Bible, the God that's actually in the Bible, not the God of some pagan Greek philosophy or even further back, but whatever. Anyway, wouldn't you, wouldn't you really rather and prefer that the attributes of God uh, were, were going to be connectors and not dividers? You know, like however he is, what he's truly about. Wouldn't you like it to be more of a connector than a divider? And what I mean by that is how he can connect with us and not be aloof and be somewhere separate from us, you know, where we could never really truly get to know him or any of that kind of stuff. Well, you know, as much as I would prefer that to be his attributes, so would God. Yeah, he shows us throughout his word how much he wants us to be with him, actually with him, not in some, you know, at arm's reach of his. And he says those who reject his son won't be with him. They'll be somewhere forever, because he makes eternal creatures in humans. They'll be somewhere forever, but they'll be where God will not be present, those who, do, who reject his son and who don't love God. Hmm, now that sort of rejects the omnipresent thing. How could they be somewhere where God isn't if he's everywhere, Right. All right, that's uh, the omnipresent thing. So I've addressed that. Now, here's something God said to and through a prophet named Jeremiah, who has a whole book, uh, as a matter of fact, in the book, in the Bible, there's a book called Jeremiah. It might uh, might follow through in, in Jeremiah 19, actually. Uh, there's a place where it says, and this is, this is uh, Jeremiah saying that the Lord said this, the Lord, you know, that's God. He said, they have also built the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal, which, get this part, which I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. Now, like I said, don't take my word for it. Go to Jeremiah 19. Click on the link that's in my, uh, uh, the article that goes with this on TonyFunderburk.com. TonyFunderburk.com forward slash attributes of God. So you'll have a, there'll be a link right there and take you right to this. So you don't have to take my word for it. It's in the Bible. You click that and you go read it for yourself. And that definitely shoots down the old omniscient 
notion, you know, omniscient means he knows everything, past, present, and future. It says he knows it all. And actually, he said that something that they did never even came into his mind. You know, it never entered my mind that they would do these. What do you mean? He's God. Doesn't everything, isn't everything that there's even thinkable, wouldn't that be in his mind if he's omniscient? Okay, so there's a couple of the omnis. For the last omni here, omnipotence. Now, Jesus did not possess that attribute as he hanged from the cross for you and me, right? You know that, right? I mean, how can you kill an all-powerful being and hang him on a cross? How can you do that? So the idea of unlimited power, which is the definition of omnipotent, the idea of that, able to do literally anything, it doesn't really fairly represent our Creator. And Jesus hanging on the cross leads me to the first M. So... Don't you think Jesus dying on the cross was a huge change? A change from anything God had ever done. Let's not forget the fact that he became a little baby in a human mother's womb and then a man. He'd never done that throughout all of his past existence. He'd never done that. It wasn't like he was, you know, constantly in this flux mode. Um, and that was all throughout all of his past existence. And those are actually massive changes. Think of it being an eternal spirit and then you go down into a single cell inside a mother's womb and grow and be born in a baby. You know, you're born a baby, not in a baby. You're born a baby. And since he's a man forever now, that's still another gigantic change. And sorry, that's not immutability. The definition of immutability is changeless and unchangeable, period. And Kagan, wow, pagan Greek philosophy is the way that we get that, you know, like God is immutable. He cannot change. If he were to change, he would not be perfect anymore. Now, that's my best Greek accent right there. You get it? <laughs> Guess what? God is full and overflowing with passion. And that changes. Even that changes. He's not always the same passion. He's a real person. So we're getting to the impassable part. Impassable means without passion, without, basically, without emotion. But God is a real person. He's not a stone god or an idol. I mean, literally, throughout um, all of the Bible, you can see his passion for and toward us his creations, and the crucifixion. Have you noticed how through the decades, even longer than that, it's called the passion? I mean, come on. Jesus was so distraught over the idea of of his upcoming separation from God the Father. He knew he would be doing that on the cross. He was so upset with that. He sweat blood as he prayed in the garden. You know what? An impassable God would not and could not do that. So much for the M's. Um, I'm, I want to share a song right now about the attributes of God, and I'll come back and kind of discuss that just a little bit more. But first, here's this song, and I, ca- I call it La Purgle for short. The world is obsessed with death and dying. They're drowning in bitterness. 
words we say We know he's the only way that frees us From the sins we hide deep inside They can't please us Our bodies become the dust that
infinitely more comforting to think of those connecting attributes of God. He's living, personal, relational, good, and loving. And to know he's alive and that he became a man in order to intimately relate to our suffering and then connect with us personally. Most of all, to know he's so good and righteous and he loves us enough to give us eternal life in spite of the way we are. Just for believing and trusting. It's such a humbling feeling to know the greatest person in existence wants me to be with him forever. And that's why I wrote that song. It inspired me to hear that message of how God is living, personal, relational, good, and loving. And those are the attributes of God that connect us. So, as you can tell, my voice is getting a little weird. I better close out here for now. So this is Tony with Rhyme and Reason, brought to you by TonyFunderberg.com. And remember, there is a rhyme and reason to life because God made you. There's a rhyme and-